Shadow Money Wizard Gang. I did it backwards, actually. Shadow uh, Wizard Money Gang. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's like, it, it's, like a, it's like you went on one tour and forgot your roots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot the order. I forgot everything. Oh, man. I forgot. Um... Your name? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have good news for you because I remembered. Okay. I remembered. You're Dawson and you're, you go by he, him pronouns. Holy shit. And this is the same as seen. It's a podcast. Holy shit. You know, funny enough, even though I didn't remember my name, I remembered your name. Oh, that's interesting because I forgot mine. Okay. Well, you're, you're Carson and you also go by he, him pronouns. That's and crazy. This is once again, this ain't a scene. It's a podcast. Welcome back. Um, it's been five weeks. Uh, yeah. Four, well, four so four. Technically, I think I think I was only gone for four. We haven't recorded since. We haven't the, recorded in four weeks for sure. Yeah, but it was like, but five episodes came out. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that shit's possible. Like the, the miracle of technology. Yeah, pretty amazing stuff. YouTube uh, is still fucked up. I keep forgetting to make those episodes. Well, they get two views. Yeah. Like, like I, yeah, I realize I that some of you it. consume it that way, but like. Maybe you can meet us in the middle here <laughs> like, and just, you know, we, we keep making the content for you. You keep consuming it for free. There's a way to make it happen. I promise. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's, I'll probably be able to do it tomorrow. Maybe there's a podcast host we could get that also sends it to YouTube. Our, ours does. RSS does that. And I tested it out, but it's kind of ass. Kind of jank. Kind of, it, like, it just looks like. It looks like a stock default podcast oh, thing. Well, which, that like, sucks. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Who fucking cares? The who, point is, is that we're here. Knows? Yeah. And that to most of our listeners, we're reaching you. Yeah. Uh, there's two of you that listen on YouTube, and I understand you're freaking out, but to this the isn't two on of you right now, on so. YouTube, there's going to be like six episodes that are going up on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so you will have a hell of a day. Yeah, you'll you'll get to listen to six new episodes. Do you ever do you think there's a podcast that's done that? That's just like we had six episodes in the bank and we dropped them all on one day. We kind of did that one time because I forgot to upload the YouTube. Oh like, yeah, one that's week. right. So yeah. I put up two on on the same Friday. No, but I'm talking like never before heard episodes and a podcast just drops six at once. Um, probably. I don't fucking know. It's like the uh, former drummer of Five Finger Death Punch. Uh, he had he had that band where he was like a sexy devil. He was like dressed up as a sex devil all the time. And uh, like they dropped nine albums in one day. Jesus fucking And Christ. I think they like got some kind of Guinness Book of World Records for it. But yeah, they dropped nine albums in one day. Did you know that the Guinness Book of World Records is essentially fraudulent? Yeah, that was in that H. Palmer guy video, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the Roblox yeah. oof video. Hell of a video. Hell of a video, yeah. yeah. You haven't seen H. Bomber guy's video on the Roblox oof. Um, you're in for a ride. You I think that might it. radicalize you more than his like anti-vax video or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, truthfully. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out H. Bomber guy. Shout out H. Bomber guy. Yeah. Dude, I hope if H. Bomber guy comes on the pod. If H. Bomber guy listens to Fallout Boy, we got to get him on. I bet he's heard something. I mean, it's the same way that Redacted Guest is coming on, where Redacted Guest loves one song by Fall Out Boy. Yeah. 
Um, I, I don't know how... I don't want to like, make any promises. That's why I'm saying redacted guess. No, yeah, yeah. Because, but I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, um, And also, the wheel has to land on the song he likes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a fucking when I asked him, now. he was like, When I asked him, he was like, I'm definitely down. When do you want to do it? And I was like, so here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> we can't I it. don't know when we want to do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I guess let's just hope he's listening in a year. Um yeah, or next week. Or next week. Yeah, or it next week. It could be next week. It could be either one. Um, uh, I don't know how strong the the crossover between H Bomber guy and Fallout Boy is, considering the boy's British, and I don't I don't think he's given like any indication as to what music he listens to in his videos. So, I feel like now is a good time for me to bring up. Uh, and you know, this isn't part of the tour recap that is on the Patreon now, mm-hmm. uh, patreon.com slash the dreaded wheel, which we need to set up. <laughs> I'm setting it up. I, Let's do that today. I have it like half set up. <laughs> okay, yeah. cool. Um, uh, <laughs> I met our, uh, corrections expert friend of the show. Oh yeah. Twitter mute, Twitter moot, uh, elder T. Hell yeah. Uh, Elder T came to our show in London with Holy Fawn and uh, walked up to the merch table and, you know, was about to, you know, was buying something for me and I, I gave it to him. And uh, afterwards he was like, he's like, oh, by the way, not to like, not to bother you, but like, I'm Elder T. And I <laughs> flipped out, Dawson. I was like, no <laughs> shit. Uh I, I got I got very excited at, that Elder T, uh, our our favorite British corrections expert, was at the show. Yeah, uh, he is super cool. Uh, we hung out um, uh, a little after Holy Fawn set. Uh, he 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 uh, bought me a, a non-alcoholic beer from the bar, and we, yeah. we chilled downstairs. Um, and let me tell you what that guy really likes Fallout Boy. Yeah, like a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um. And uh, I feel like the the vibe that I got off of off of him is that he is like one of the few that is similar to us, where like the post hiatus stuff or the pre hiatus stuff is like uh, the golden years, mm-hmm. and like the the third and fourth albums are are their best. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, yeah. Uh, and he indicated that he was sort of in the minority with his country. Like mm. the 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 British folk really ride hard for all of that band's career, mm-hmm. all of this band's career, I should say. Um, and uh, pretty interesting, very enlightening conversation that I got from Elder T. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We we talked about our favorite uh and least favorite Pete Pete Wentz lyrics. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I believe, well, you know what? I, I want to have him on eventually. Yeah. So maybe, maybe I won't spoil his least favorite Pete Wentz lyric yet. Uh, mine was from where did the party go? Which I will bring up when we do that song. Yeah. That song sucks. Balls. Uh, yeah. Sucks balls. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was, we had a great time. Um, and you know what? Uh, Elder T, I know you're listening to this. So if you wouldn't mind, do you think H bomber guy, <laughs> uh, British, British expat? Well, not expat. British guy who now lives in Wales. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think he likes Fallout Boy? <laughs> Let me know. Yeah. Uh, he saw clipping the other night. Oh hell yeah! And I'm going to kill him because of it. Yeah. It was like a mixed bill show, like Conjurer, who's like a doom metal band, opened, mm. and there was like a like an EDM style artist. Oh who was hell like yeah! Before Conjurer, uh, it may have been someone different. It may have been someone who was a little different than that. Anyway, mixed bill show. And uh, he put a, a clip of clipping playing uh, Nothing is Safe on his story. And it sounded so good. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm so jealous of you, Elder T. <laughs> so, so jealous. I was, I was like, you can fuck off. You're just going to go see clipping without me. Unbelievable. Without even mentioning to me that you were going to go see clipping. So, um, But uh, that being said... Uh, we talked a lot about movies on the last episode before we got into the song. Yeah. Um, I watched five movies on the, on the plane. Yeah. On the planes to and from. Which and ones? I just wanted to tell you about them. Uh, I saw Bodies, 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 mm. which I thought was fine. I've been meaning to watch that. Uh, it's, it, it's a little up its own ass. Yeah. Uh, a little indulgent for what it is. And like, you get the joke like the first couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um... And it like it's trying to like hit home like like I I appreciate what it stands for, yeah. but it is very silly. Um, and the best part of the movie is a character uh, that uh, gets eliminated. Uh, eliminated. <laughs> I'm not saying killed because that is a spoiler, but the best character gets taken out of the plot a little too soon for me. Mm. Uh. Then I watched uh, Knock at the Cabin, oh, which was not good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you see that? No, I haven't. I just, I know it's the new Shyamalan. Um, yeah. That Dave I, is in it. I saw Old, and I don't remember, like, any of it. Do you remember the beach that makes you old? Well, that, yeah, of course. Ooh, and I, and yeah. Rufus Sewell's in it, who, Rufus Sewell is in... That Amazon Man in the High Castle show. I haven't seen it. Uh, he's great in it. He's like a Nazi in it, and he's fantastic. Mm. In it. He's like a conflicted Nazi. Uh, you know, one <laughs> shout of those... out all the conflicted. Shout Nazis. out all the conflicted Nazis. Get at me, man. Uh, don't do that. Actually, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> stay away from me. Actually. Yeah, don't clip that out. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, don't ever talk to me ever uh, in my entire life. Thank you. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, so, like, Knock at the Cabin, I really, really did not like it, mm-hmm. and uh, you know how you know how my boys' movies have a twist? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's such a non-twist in this one that, like, it. I almost wish it had been more ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, if he had gone, like, whole hog- like supernatural like ancient god shit i would have been very happy with that but he did not mm. it's a uh, it's kind of just like a wet fart of a twist damn um i like dave batiste in it i That's like jonathan good. groff in it oh well. i forgot he was in that one uh, i love that guy yeah he's great um and it's the first time because he is gay it's the first time i've seen him on screen playing a gay guy oh yeah so he's usually a straight guy. He's usually a straight guy because he's such an attractive man. Yeah. Um, 
not saying that gay men aren't attractive. I'm just saying like it's like Hollywood these, forgets that yeah gay men are also hot are also hot. Yeah. Well, Lee Pace is gay, and that guy's super hot. Yeah. That guy's crazy hot. Well, I don't know if he's ever played a gay guy ever. Lee Pace? Yeah. I don't know that he has either. He's got a big ass career, so like maybe. He's older, yeah. He looks pretty old in Bodies, 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 but I think they played that up a little bit. Hmm. He is hot in that movie, though, dude. Like, <laughs> I was like, whoa. Yeah. Um, And he's married to the head designer at uh like a like a very big designer brand it, it, it it's either tom james or tom ford he's hmm. married to the head designer of one of those two and uh i don't know yeah anyway i mean i i wasn't expecting you to know anyway lee pace <laughs> is super hot and also gay but jonathan groff i could like definitely see him being a leading man in some more things yeah um but unfortunately, uh, Hollywood doesn't have movie stars anymore, so yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, but A24, throw Jonathan Groff a bone. Yeah. Give him, like, I mean, he's amazing in Mindhunter. Like, if anything, like, that's his bone. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I just want more of that guy. Yeah. I want more of him. Uh, and then I saw that I, on the way back to America, I watched uh, Matchstick Men, mm. which I don't know if you've seen that. Nope. The Nicolas Cage Sam Rockwell joint. Um, I think you'd enjoy it. That's yeah. that's all I'll say about that. But then I watched Ocean's Eleven and Ocean's Twelve. Oh, based. Uh, Ocean's Eleven. Perfect movie still. Yeah. Ocean's Twelve is so bad. <laughs> like, uh, not so bad. I think I gave it like a two and a half on, mm-hmm. uh, like two and a half stars. So, what is that? Five. Yeah. On Letterboxd. I think I gave it like a five. Uh, it's just like the momentum gets killed. Like it gets too confusing. But the worst part of Ocean's 12. Do you know what I'm about to say? Have you seen Ocean's 12? Um, if I have, I don't remember. I've seen 11. And 11 great. Which rocks. Yeah, 11 rocks. 13 is very good too. Oh, I, really? I, I, I like 13 quite a bit. Um, 13 is probably like the funniest of all three because they mm. just embrace like the ensemble cast thing and they have a good time um one of the 12 because like you know in in the movie it in in the naming convention there's of 12 oceans of them. 11 is that there's 11 of them whoa the naming convention in oceans 12 is that there's 12 of them no way so who's the 12th member in this team me it's julia roberts yeah julia roberts's character tess right mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. we can agree that julia roberts is playing a character named tess that much is true so throughout the whole movie matt damon is like is like hey have you ever no- noticed that that tess looks exactly like and then someone will cut him off and be like ah oh, no that no no don't mention it mm-hmm. and like and he's like, ah, I just, I just always thought that maybe she looked exactly like, and then someone cuts him off every time. And then they like get in a bind and they have to figure out like a, an alternative way to do the heist. But they actually don't is the twist mm. is that they had already done the heist by this time. They just had to do this to make the other guy think that he hadn't done the heist. It's so stupid. So it's such a jumbly, stupid premise. Um, the uh so then 
like they're trying to find an alternative way of doing this plan and it's just Matt Damon like being the team leader and I think like Don Cheadle and one of the other guys is there maybe Scott Kahn mm-hmm. hasn't gotten caught yet uh, or something like that isn't in prison because that's the whole thing it's like George Clooney and Brad Pitt are in prison or Damn. in jail in, a, in Italy so free my guys free my guys yeah free my boys so Matt Damon suggests that Julia Roberts' character, Tess, pretend that she is real-life Julia Roberts in Italy. And it sucks so hard. <laughs> like <That's> it, so... <laughs> It's such a momentum killer. Oh, my God. And, like, they try and get really meta with it, but it's just, like, so, so bad. It and it lasts like way too long. It's like a probably a full like twenty five minute sequence in this movie. Jesus Christ! And uh, Bruce Willis makes a cameo appearance as himself mm-hmm. throughout this. And they're like supposed to be friends. And like you know, like a couple months ago, they had like gone out to dinner together. And and like then he finds out that it's not actually Julia Roberts. That it's Tess. It sucks. It makes me so mad. It it like. I had forgotten about it, and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll watch Ocean's 12. Why not? I just watched 11. Yeah. I'll have some fun with this. And, uh, oh, it is rough. It is really rough. That sounds but, like a bit that they would come up with in the screenwriter's room as, like, a joke. And then yeah. somebody with, like, more sense would be like, yeah, it's kind of stupid, and then they move on. Yeah, it's so bloated. It feels like, it just, like, it doesn't feel like a Soderbergh idea, because, like, Ocean's 11 is so tight. Yeah. So is Ocean's 13, and like, so are most Soderbergh movies, but anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. I just wanted to talk to you about that one sequence in Ocean's 12. That's what this whole thing was leading up to. <laughs> Did you watch any movies? I watched a lot of movies, actually. Okay, cool. I've been watching a, a bunch of movies. Um, the I watched Barbie and Oppenheimer, um, of course, and Oppenheimer is fucking phenomenal. Um, Barbie is great, too, but the ones I really want to talk about I watched all of the Saw movies. Oh, really? There are nine of them, and I watched all of them. Um, okay. And let me tell you, if you want to watch some shit that doesn't make any goddamn sense at all, yeah, watch those movies. Did you watch like every single one? Every single one. Including Spiral? Yes. Do you want to hear something awful? What? Spiral's the only one I've seen. Jesus fucking Christ. I know. It is the I worst know. one. It's definitely the worst one. From the book of Saw. From the book of Saw. Um, so something... I think it's the book of Saw. Yeah, whatever the fuck that means. It, it's Oh, do you think this isn't going in the Bible, Darren yeah, Lynn yeah, Bowsman? yeah. yeah motherfucker i'd love i'd love spiral from the book of job from the if, if saw were to be any book of the bible it'd probably be job yeah that fucker gets job. beaten up in that one yeah but essential facts about saw and all the franchise the first one rips that one rocks yeah. and rolls it's so good um the second through fifth ones there's like a big twist so at the end bad. of one, right? There's a big twist at the end of all of them. Okay, word. They're, all of them okay. are big twist movies. Sure, um, sure. Second through fifth are terrible, but okay. the longer they go on, like the second one is the least terrible, and then the fifth is the most terrible. Sure. But they sequentially get funnier with each release. Okay. 
Because, like, they, they would come out every single year since the first one. Yeah. Like, it was a yearly tradition up until Saw 3D, which was the seventh one. And then well, that, that doesn't one... doesn't make any sense. They should make the third one the 3D one. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, that one bombed so hard that they stopped making Saw movies until 2017 when Jigsaw came out, um, which sucks. But Saw 6 is really good. Oh, really? For some reason. Really? <laughs> like... When does Saw 6 come out? Um, I think 20, like 2008. Okay, word. Um, something like that. 2008 or 2009. Um, but uh, Saw 6 is an interesting case because it is really good. Okay. But you cannot watch it without having seen all of the other ones because it's... Every single movie builds on the last one sure. in such a fucked up way. Like, to under... Okay. There are nine movies. There's about to be a tenth one that's coming out this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm going to go see in theaters. You will be there no matter what. I'm a big Saw head now. Now? Uh. Um, Jigsaw dies in the third movie. Yeah. And then they keep going for six more movies. Why? <laughs> and he is... He does not come back. He doesn't come. They they don't pull a like a, a Friday the Thirteenth like ten or whatever and fucking bring him back from the dead. Like he stays dead, but he's still the main villain of every one of them. What? <laughs> he he is a terminal cancer patient. Sure. Throughout the first three movies, sure. fucking dies at the end, unambiguously yeah. is killed. The next movie starts with him like being autopsied, and his fucking chest gets opened up with a rib spreader. Like no shot, he's coming back from that. Sure, yeah, but he's still dead and still the main villain. Like what? half of half of the movies after the third one are flashbacks. It's so fucking funny. Because if you think about the timeline for any period of time, you're like, well, how the fuck did all of these movies happen within like a six month span? Because some of the twists are like, oh, this actually happened before this other movie that already happened. And then this part was after that part. And then this part was before that part. And they reuse the same twist of, well, this person was helping out Jigsaw the whole time, like genuinely six times. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. so fucking funny right cause Spiral it's like it's like his son no. or it's, it's someone who's like obsessed with the case he is entirely unrelated from Jigsaw he just is like an imitator I was talking about Spiral yeah Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about the movie Jigsaw. No, no, See, no. This is where it gets so it's fucking the same, confusing. <laughs> Funny enough, they use the same twist in Jigsaw, though, where, like, this guy who... Well, he's not completely unrelated from Jigsaw. Yeah. But this guy who, like... Also, Jigsaw happens before Saw 1. Like, the majority of it does. Okay. That's, like... Which one is Chester Bennington in? 3D. And his Seven? scene is... His, yeah, his scene is great. Honestly. Okay, gotcha. All right. Um, he plays uh, <laughs> he, he plays the ringleader of a gang of racists. And That's they're, awesome. Like, trapped in this fucked up trap where, like, if he doesn't peel himself off of the back of a chair, which has been super glued to the back of a like the driver's seat of a car, 
and like pull a lever, this like fucking Rube Goldberg machine will go off that kills him and his three friends. And it's so awesome. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other that thing. That's insane. The gore in all these movies and the traps, like it, with the exception of Spiral, like Spiral is like, they try to be funny the hardest in Spiral and they fail the most. Like every time they try to be funny, it's not funny. But every time they're trying to be serious, like there's a scene where Chris Rock is screaming in a car. It's like a screaming jump scare. Yeah. It is the funniest fucking thing ever because he's just sitting in the car like fucking stone faced and then it jump scares to him screaming. But Chris Rock is not an intimidating screamer. No, he's so a very funny screamer. Every time he screams in that movie, it's so funny and he does it a lot. Yeah. I remember like nothing about that movie. I remember, um, th- oh my God, it's so fucked up how they made that movie. So like they had this whole plan for another Jigsaw movie with Tobin Bell, who plays Jigsaw, who is the glue yeah. that holds all of these movies together. Yeah. Like, he is the reason that like any of them work. Yeah. Um, and they had this whole plan where they were going to bring him back and he's going to like, um, be in this movie. And then. One of the producers went to a wedding that Chris Rock was also at. And Chris Rock was like, yeah, I've always wanted to be in a Saw movie. And for some reason, instead of putting him in the Saw movie they were working on, they just scrapped the whole thing and, and wrote an, an entirely entire different movie. movie. Yeah. Of, yeah, that's crazy. And th- then he was the protagonist and he sucks ass in it. He's fucking terrible. He's awful in that movie. Yeah. God. That movie is like trying so hard to be like uh seven and also silence of the lambs that it forgets it's a saw movie yeah but also it's the only saw movie i've seen so how would i know you should watch the other ones <laughs> uh, maybe i definitely I the first one with gore. i don't do great with it the first spiral is like it's probably the well no that's not true it's like the second least gory behind yeah. the first one yeah the first one really isn't that gory at all it's like the the draw of that movie is like it's a really fucked up um like imaginary scenario that like gets played out. It's yeah. like, oh, what if you were trapped in this room yeah. by this serial? Because that's like kind of the appeal of it is like, what would you do if this happened to you? Yeah, right. And yeah. and the first one does a really good job of like the characters feel like people, and it's like they do the same things that you would probably do if you were in that sure. scenario. Sure, and like. Um, it's just a really fucking good movie. So okay. definitely watch okay. that one. It's not super gory. There's a couple moments here and there, but like it really, it, it's not a torture porn movie. Okay. The second movie, on the other hand, like the, the, the ending of the first movie is a, like, I'm not going to spoil what happens, but like the way it cuts to credits is a character is screaming with like this ominous ambiance. And like it goes into the credits, and the characters' screams like persist throughout a good portion of the credits, and it's a really effective way to end the movie. Okay. And then all you need to know about where the Saw franchise goes from the second movie on is the fact that the second movie closes with a Mudvayne song. All right, I'm in. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'll watch it. I'll watch it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Uh, I think I told you this, but I tried to watch uh insidious 2 i saw you rated that it sucks ass doesn't it? it's a terrible movie (laughs) yeah it's an awful 
garbage, miserable, slog, piece of shit, asshole movie. I hate it. You I believe, hate it, man. Can you believe they made six Insidious movies? Is Did the sixth one just come out? Mm-hmm. I heard it was, like, okay. I heard it was and dog I was like, ass. I, I mean, yeah, about. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I, it was the red door, right? The red door. <laughs> Insidious, the red door. And Patrick I love Wilson when they directed it. I love when a movie series abandons numbers and they yeah. just start saying ridiculous shit. <laughs> like, uh... Like, uh, the one before it was called, uh, Insidious, The Last Key. Yep. <laughs> like, the what last was the first key. one? Oh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> fucking the They wanted final... to capitalize on the success of The Last Jedi. Remember when Final Destination 4 came out and it was called The Final Destination? Yes, yes. Terrible, yes. terrible idea. That's apparently the worst one. I haven't seen any of them. I haven't seen any of the Final Destination movies. I've heard but the also, first like, and the third and the fifth are really good. Isn't it just like a theme park ride where it's just like, look at all these people dying in horrifying, ridiculous ways? It's like um, the conceit of those movies is that at the start of each one, this group of characters like escapes death in some way by having yeah. one of the characters has a premonition. And then death itself is the villain. And like, the whole movie is them trying to avoid dying in increasingly like absurd ways. Like it, it it's like Rube Goldberg tier of like the wind will blow and then like something will fall over and then a water trail like hits the ground and like goes to an electric thing that like makes it like the character steps on it and they're like, Ooh, youch. And then they like hop on one foot and fall in a bathtub and like cut their head open on a shampoo bottle or something. Whoa. Like, whoa. They get really creative with it. That's interesting. Did you ever see either of the uh, Happy Death Day movies? No. I liked both of them quite a bit. You I didn't should, know that they made another one. Yeah, it's called Happy Death Day to You. <laughs> That's pretty and the, good. And the two is a, is, a, is the number two. That's pretty good, It's actually. pretty fun, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, like, the lead actress is really good. And, like, the best part of those movies is, like, her finding elaborate ways to kill herself. Oh yeah, it's so fun because it's, it's like so, a so fun. it's like a Groundhog Day kind it's of. It's a thing. Groundhog Day horror movie, and I think if it wasn't campy and fun like that, uh, that it wouldn't work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that there is going to be like retroactive appreciation for it. Like I, I feel like people are going to be like, you know, actually, Happy Death Day was like fucking great. Yeah, and I think you should watch it. Okay. Anyway. Uh, we used to talk about Fallout Boy eventually. We do. We yeah. we are thirty minutes in. Um, hi Sadie. We do this every time though. It's yeah. Fun. Um, somebody in the Dow Boys Discord today, um, which I joined today, uh, was like, I love the bit in in the podcast where you guys have a Fallout Boy podcast and then talk about random bullshit for forty five minutes and then say song good and end the episode, <laughs> 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 which was really funny. <laughs> that really does sum it up well yeah. <laughs> Dawson what song are we doing today we are doing Afterlife of the Party um, and it sounds like this and that's the snippet and smile. that's it and that's it smile that's the whole song that's the whole entire song it's a pr- pretty short one honestly for <laughs> yeah <laughs> this stupid bit no I like it it's it's fine um, it's okay but uh, what, what do you think about this song Carson you know I think blind if you would ask me like what my favorite infinity on high song is i think i'd probably say this um after listening to it a couple times and also and elder t asked me this uh when we were in um when we were in london 
he was like, has like the podcast like ruined Fallout Boy for you? Which is a question that I would want to ask you. Uh, the answer is no. I listened to Infinity on High the day after he asked me that, and I had a great time because nice. I had to listen to the song anyway. Yeah, and I was like, I think this is my favorite song on this record. And uh, for the most part, I would stand by that. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, I think it's really good. Um, it's really good. I, yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, I got a text. Um. And I will love Island ass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> got a text. I've got a text. Um, yeah, I think it's really good. I think that this song has like all the parts of Fallout Boy that you would want that you didn't know you wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar to like the song this show is named after, the Santa scene. It's a it's an arms race where like. You didn't really know this band could go there, and you didn't really know you wanted sounds like this from this band. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's like a, it's like an interesting, it's an interesting experiment, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it kind of feels like they're like, okay, what can we get away with? Yeah. Um, I would call this song the proto Foley song. Uh, it feels like this is the best glimpse of where they would go musically immediately after this. Yeah. Um, I guess not that. saying that this song can fit on Foley because Foley no. is so sacred to me and like, <laughs> it's so different than this song, but also this song's a delight, man. Yeah. I love this one. Um, big fucking crescendo. Uh, and like the chorus is kind of low key and you're mm-hmm. like, like, all right, this is interesting. Um, and then, you know, it just gets so big. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that maybe this is one that grows on you too, because I used to be like, oh yeah, I like that song. But like now I'm very big on this song. Yeah. Uh, and that's like recent within like the last two years or so, I would say that I'm like really, really big on this song. So. Mm-hmm. How about you? Sounds like wizard One Hundred and One music. Yeah, that is pretty <laughs> funny. That is like the strings at the beginning. Yeah, it's like the first time I heard this song, I um, which was not in preparation for this podcast. It was yeah. like a couple of years ago or something. Yeah. I was like, like this song came on and I immediately thought of logging into Wizard 101 or like fucking Toontown or something or some early 2000s online MMO for kids that's like um, a big part of my childhood or something. And just being like, wow, this whimsical ass music. But I, it's honestly really good. <laughs> it is like a whimsical ass beat. And I like, um, you know, I don't know where, because I wasn't, you know, making music with, you know, fake strings in 2007. Yeah. But like, it does beg the question if those are fake strings or not. Like, I have no idea. Yeah, I I can't tell. I'm bad at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amber is great at that. Amber's great at picking out if something is fake strings or not. Mm-hmm. I'm dog shit at it. I'm like really, really bad at it. Sometimes um, I can tell, but it's like they've got to be like in the forefront, and it's got to yeah. be like one thing. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be like, oh, that doesn't sound natural. Yeah. Whereas this, like, both sounds natural and unnatural. Like, I'm aware that a stringed instrument, like a bowed instrument, can make that sound, mm-hmm. but also like. 
just in my mind, I immediately like see someone doing that on a keyboard, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard for me to conceptualize a stringed instrument making half the noises that it does if it's not true. just straight somebody uh, dragging the bow across it dragging and like, the playing bow. it normally. Dragging that bow. Dragging that bow. Like there's, yeah. Those things can make a lot of noises yeah. that you wouldn't think about. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so like it is a very silly type beat at the beginning, mm-hmm. but uh, and it doesn't like lose its whimsicality, I suppose. Yeah, but it does like develop into this very uh big 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 tune. Yeah, and they've played it recently. And how do, uh, they, how do they play this one? Do they have a track? You know, for it? I was wondering the same thing. Uh, the video I saw looked a little. Like the video I saw was just like the chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it sounded good, but like, because thanks for the memories is on a track now, mm-hmm. which, by the way, no shade fallout boy. Don't come for my ass, please. Uh, no shade, but, um, like, Thanks for the memories being on a track is like the best decision they've ever made. And it's the best sounding song in the set. Yeah. Uh, and the mania songs are also on a track and I've seen them do the mania songs on a track. And as bad as those songs are, they do sound better than the ones that aren't on a track. Hmm. Uh, Cause like disloyal order, not on a track. Uh, I that don't, one doesn't really need to be on a track. I don't think like <sighs> apart from the very intro with the organ. Yeah. Like, the rest of it, I think they can get by without it. Maybe, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Thanks for the Memories just sounds so good on the track mm-hmm. that, like, you know, you're a band this big. People are paying this much money to see you. Like, why not just whole hog it, yeah. play everything on tracks? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Just me. Because I know that, like, I know that everything's mostly on the click, but, like, the problem with this band is like sometimes they don't sound very good live. Hmm. Sometimes they're amazing live and they sound fantastic, but sometimes, you know, without tracks or without, uh, you know, some other stuff, like if they played death Valley again, it'd be a two a track when they, yeah. when I saw them, like, how are you going to get the dubstep part in there? No one's playing that live. <laughs> when I saw them do it, like it was definitely on a track. Anyway, uh, I feel like if they're doing this one again, because this is one of the Magic 8-Ball ones, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would take a lot of effort to put all the Magic 8-Ball songs on a track, but, I mean, I guess you can hire anybody to do shit, you know? Yeah, and this is, like, their biggest tour since they were the biggest shit in the world. Yeah, for sure. So, and if they're putting Thanks for the Memories on a track, I'd feel like it would, like, they yeah. would put this on. yeah. I mean, I I think without that string part, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, and like, if you're gonna play that on guitar, like, bling, dun, dun, bling, dun, dun, it's just yeah. not the same effect. I hope it's on track. I do too, because especially like the the contrast between that string part and how open the chorus is is like part of the appeal of the song for me. Yeah, definitely. Because with how whimsical it is, it is very like tight. Um, and then the chorus just opens up, and it's like a it's like breathing out, basically. Now, I know. Here it comes. I know Brendan Urie is the king of show tunes. Take a shot. Take a shot. But 
Do we think Patrick Stump wants to write show tunes? No. Yeah. So where the fuck did this instrumental come from? I have no idea. Wizard 101 is where it came <laughs> from. But I this doesn't really sound like a show tune to me though. That's the thing. Like Okay. It sounds I mean no, it does like no. It's but. it's not very theatrical even though it is whimsical. Like yeah. the the chorus melodies and the lyrics and all that like they sound very grounded in in Fallout Boy's typical wheelhouse. Yeah despite this whimsical string section okay it's and like yeah show tune type songs just have like a very particular feel to me and this one doesn't have it which isn't a good or a bad thing yeah for sure um so i mean like when we bring in the whimsicality of this song uh when we talk about the whimsicality of this song rather like I think that maybe it's not so much show tune as it is like the soundtrack to Bambi, maybe. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like yeah. uh classical music even it's, maybe. It's very like, um What I'm asking is what do you think Patrick Stump wanted this to be? What were they cooking is the yeah. question here. What were they cooking? Um and I think the answer is um I think they because they do a, a good amount of experimentation on this record. It's not as like balls to the wall as uh, as Foley was as far yeah. as like just new shit that they're trying out. Yeah. Like um F- Infinity is not an album where fucking uh Jesus Christ, how am I forgetting the name of the song? Um the um the motherfucking um You got it. The goddamn, uh, the, uh, strength muscles, the fucking, um, uh, head first slide. Head first slide would not be on, on infinity. So, like, they're not that far into experimentation yet. But I feel like what they were trying to do is, like, cause these, these lyrics are pretty sad. Um, yeah. I feel like what they wanted to do was have, like, a, a contrast between, the sadness of the lyrics and like the upbeat nature of an instrumental. And they accomplished that by, they were just like, well, what if we had this string section? Cause like they had a string yeah. section on thanks for the memories. They're like, what if we bring that back? Um, have this, uh, and then just like turn up the whimsical meter. Maybe they were playing wizard one Oh one. I don't <laughs> fucking know. <laughs> or Pete Wentz's son could have been playing wizard one Oh one. Yeah. Pete Wentz, Saw his son playing Wizard One Hundred and One and was like, "Yo, they're actually kind of cooking." In the Yo, actually, department. this this shit is sick. This is crazy, honestly. This shit's nuts, actually. I mean, like, I think that, like, the question really is, what were they cooking? You know, like, and uh, truthfully, cannot give a uh, a like a good answer. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's just theorizing. Like, nothing that I say is gonna be confirmed i guess because i wasn't there and i don't know what they were cooking yeah i wasn't there i wasn't there uh yeah so they just brought this one back uh for the first time since 2007 at the dosakis pavilion in dallas texas dosakis pavilion the dosakis <laughs> yeah uh stay uh fuck you got it. I was trying to do a pun with "Stay Thirsty, My Friends," and I couldn't put it together. 
I can't do it either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> stay, stay young and menacing, my friend. <laughs> oh god, I'm gonna have a bad day when we get to that song. Yeah, I know. And I, you know what, you know what I've been feeling recently? What? I've been feeling, I've been feeling that it's coming up. I don't like. I don't. The way I you're don't want to manifest that. that I but... feel like you're manifesting that while saying you don't want to. Well, manifest here we go. It. Here we go. Then, uh, we'll see. Uh. Yeah, do you have any uh, comments to make on just like the overall song in general? Any more comments to make on the overall song in general? It is definitely a grower for me. Yeah. Um, I don't remember yeah, sure. liking this a terrible amount when I first heard the record. When you like... did the disc talk cog dive, you did not like this. Really? Yeah. You, you told me that, or the way you phrased it was like, it's like a, such a front-loaded record mm-hmm. that the back end really... F- does feel like just like either you either i'm paraphrasing but you said something along the lines of like either more of the same uh or more of uh like like just less good versions of the earlier cuts Hmm. which i can definitely see um i think after thanks for the memories like if someone turned it off after that i'd be like you know what like that's okay yeah uh i disagree with that choice because i think that the back half of the album is a total banger but yeah this definitely feels like it, it would grow uh, on you especially mm-hmm. no no judgment on your personality but like i think this song is so great but also it took forever to grow on me i mean it took yeah. quite literally years i would hear that intro start up and i'd go nope too <laughs> too whimsical. I yeah. can't picture myself rocking out on stage to this. It also so. helped hearing this outside of the context of the record because this comes right after Don't You Know Who I Think I Am? Yeah. Which is right after Thanks for the Memories. Yeah. So like, hell of a calm down uh-huh. right after Thanks yeah, for yeah. the Memories. Yeah. But um, like, because outside of today in preparation for this episode, I have never listened to this song outside of the record. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like th- this this record in general. Big steps were taken today. Yeah, we're yeah. making a lot of progress. Today. I know. I know. <laughs> we're really yeah. This record in general, like if it's not um, fully for the most part, I'm not typically listening to isolated songs outside of the record. Yeah. Also, yeah. I don't really listen to isolated songs outside of records in general. Sure. Like if I'm listening to an album, I'm listening to it all the way through. Um, I don't typically go back and pick out a song to listen to or hit shuffle on a library or whatever. That's just not the wave I'm on right now. I used yeah. to do that a lot. Yeah. But okay. Now I'm an I'm an album or project person. Yeah. yeah. Um, Maddie's kind of a playlist person, which yeah. drives me insane. I definitely used to be. I have a big. I get it playlist for sure. Like, why would just... you want to listen to something that you don't want to listen to? I get it. But exactly. Also, yeah. But like, I'm just at the point where. Um, I've found enough good albums to where I can just reliably find one for a mood or what. Because th- there's a lot of discourse, especially online, about like what's a perfect album with no skips, and it's like, brother, you don't have to look very hard to find an album with no skips. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, I agree. I feel like if you're if you're at the point where Finding an album with no skips is what constitutes it as a perfect album. You need to listen to more albums. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, but also like, and not to be a dick, but like the people who are tweeting that are like used to albums being like longer now. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, like 30 songs long. 30 songs from 25 like to 30. Or, uh, fucking Zane Drake. putting out yeah. a triple album for some goddamn yeah. reason. Oh no, Chris Brown did that. I don't know why the hell you'd ever listen to Well, Zane to it. also had like a 27 song. He album. did have a long ass album. Icarus Falls, I believe it's yes. called. Yes. <laughs> it is called Icarus Falls. Um, which and what nobody listened to it. Stupid thing to, then, to name an album. Nobody listened to it, and then he put out an album after that called "Nobody's Listening," and nobody listened to that one either. <laughs> there was like one song I liked from that "Nobody's Listening" album. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I couldn't tell you what it was. Well, I don't really remember it. But it's almost like he's one of the worst One Direction members, if not the worst. If not the worst. Yeah. I well, Liam's well, the worst. Louis exists. Well, Louis and Liam exist. Yeah, Strip Liam, That Down's a terrible song. God. Strip that down's an awful, miserable song. Strip that down may be the worst song related to One Direction ever. I used to be in One D, now I'm free. <laughs> it's so fucking. It's his only song that's relatively close to a hit, and he's referencing One Direction. So funny. What the fuck were so you thinking? Fucking funny, dude. God, hilarious shit. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. I if we. Like when we get Raina, my friend Raina on the podcast, if we bring up One Direction, the rest of the podcast will, it be, will about be about direction, One Direction. Which love her for it. Yeah, I know some people. She like knows that. so yeah. much about that fucking band. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll I'll talk to her about uh, Larry, or <laughs> uh, you know the the romance between Louis and and Harry. I'd love to dive into that. Yeah. Supposedly they were in love. I don't think they that's have some true. matching tattoos and stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know who else has matching tattoos? Uh, Fucking us, you and I. I don't have any tattoos. I, don't know. I have one. So well, yeah. but I was gonna bring up fucking Steve Lacey and Kanye. Ooh, and one other person. They should fuck. <laughs> they should have sex. Let me let me fact Steve check Lacey that real quick. And- because Kanye um, should have sex. I remember seeing this bizarre ass picture um where it was Kanye like the most random link up ever and they all got matching tattoos. Yeah, Steve Lacey, Lil Uzi Vert and Kanye all got matching tattoos. That's crazy. Don't know why. Yeah. But um I guess all three of them are in love. Well, I wish them well for it. I wish them well. I I, I wish them the best. Uh, I I wish the cognitive dissonance of dating a basically Nazi to, uh, yeah. to rip you apart from the inside. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hope you feel terrible. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I I do not know what Kanye is gonna do. He's I mean he married making his, he another married project. His CIA handler. So yeah, <laughs> he's making another project. I've heard. Um, really, not gonna listen to it. Yeah, no, I didn't I check I... out Donda Two. I heard it was ass. Oh, Donda um, Two was pretty bad. I didn't yeah. like it. Yeah, the first Donda was bloated enough already. I don't know why he wanted yeah. to make another one. I know that he uh, he went on um he went on stage with Travis Scott like a couple weeks ago. Really? Yeah, I think I want to say I think Kanye helped out with production on his new record. Drive and listen to. I you know I bought that record. Because the vinyl, they just kept finding codes to make the vinyl $5 with free shipping on his website. What? Yeah. Double LP. Five bucks. Five bucks. Five bucks. Oh, free so he shipping. didn't make any money. 
well off of it he did he made a shit ton of money <laughs> okay yeah, because yeah. that like there were only i think it only happened like three times and every time it happened for less than an hour and then the code would be deactivated interesting and i think it was a ploy to get to the top of like uh the selling oh uh, that makes sense yeah okay and it, i think it worked wow and i i completely unwittingly bought into that because i was like five dollar vinyl haven't heard it i don't know if it's good or not but it was <laughs> five bucks it, yet? it hasn't got here yet it's shipped oh, shit. you may have gotten duped oh it shipped yeah it shipped well like we'll people have gotten real. theirs it's real that's crazy. that's crazy well anyway back to fallout boy back to uh, fallout let's, boy. let's talk about the lyrics to this song yeah uh, someone was very upset that we did not do a genius lyric breakdown uh, segment of the show. Uh, like, someone was very not happy. Oh, yeah. Sport, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember the circumstances through which we forgot to do that. Yeah. Um, let, me, let me see if I can find uh, where that happened. Because the Twitter has been like relatively active the whole time. Um, yeah. Follow us at the dreaded wheel. Follow us at the dreaded wheel, everybody, please. Um. Yeah. Uh. We would just <laughs> every time they play like a a wild ass uh magic eight ball, somebody would tag us and be like, Oh yeah. They played this song, and then I would respond being like, I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> what was the one that oh bob dylan got played while yeah while we, were, while we were gone that is insane dude that was really funny i cannot believe they actually did that yeah all right so we should probably bring up a theory that i have do you think they're just trying to knock out the entire discography like so they can say that they've played every song that they've released would be a based move um, would be crazy i don't know uh, I don't know how far back they would go for that. Sure. Like, I don't know if they would play anything else off of Girlfriend. Um, yeah. But they could. They could, potentially, yeah. I don't know. Um, well, the the split that comes before Girlfriend is just two songs. Yeah. That ended up on Girlfriend re-recorded. Yeah. So, um, you know. I guess it just depends on how how about girlfriend they are now. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I I can't really picture them being that about it. But or even if they're doing this at all, they are doing a lot of um, like crazy deep cuts that we just never would have anticipated. Yeah, like yeah. I feel like at this point, anything is is fair game for what they're gonna play. I agree, and they got this European tour coming up where they're where I assume they're also going to be, uh. You know, doing the Magic Eight Ball shit, mm -hmm. which Ryan from Hazing Over is playing drums for Nothing Nowhere on that tour. So Holy shit! Shout out my boy! <laughs> shout out my boy Yesta Fiesta! Shout out Hazing Over! Shout out Hazing Over! Hazing Over mentioned regarding Fallout Boy. <laughs> so, pretty cool shit going on there. Goodness, um, but yeah, the yeah, I don't know, maybe um, they did play this song. Um, it, it had been retired for a while um but they brought it back uh, and i'm glad they did because these lyrics are like it fucking opens up with a heater yeah uh i'm a stitch away from making it and a scar away from falling apart that's so insane that's crazy like how do you write that <laughs> yeah and i feel like that's one that got aped uh by like other bands yeah uh like lyrics like that um and i love the way it's delivered mm -hmm. also like 
Pat Pat really sells it on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, blood cells pixelate and eyes dilate. Um, I think like I've never been able to interpret what blood cells pixelate means. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Genius Annotation says being one of the most popular bands to come from the days of MySpace and MP3.com. Fall Out Boy's proclivity for technology-based lyrics is pretty far-reaching. Uh, and then they quote uh, from Thriller, I found the safest place to keep all our old mistake. Every dot com's refreshing for a journal update, which is a crazy lyric. I think we can both agree. But um, then the annotation is, the band will sometimes cross these technological themes with ones of flesh mortality, as is done in this line, to juxtapose man with machine. <laughs> Uh, you know, like they're James Cameron or something, <laughs> uh, which is just insane. Uh, I uh, don't know about <laughs> juxtaposing man and machine. No, but I've never really been to decode blood cells pixelate, but I do know that I like it. Mm-hmm. And when it comes back later in the song, oh, as you know, the higher version of him basically singing the the he resings the first verses the bridge, which I'm always a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Uh. It's awesome. Insanely hard. Insanely hard. Uh, but uh, the other annotation that is immediately after this, which I find very funny, is uh, uh, and eyes dilate and the full moon pills got me out on the street at night, mm-hmm. uh, which like is fine on its own. I think the lyrics that surround it are a lot better. Mm-hmm. But the genius annotation is the dilated pupils and full moon are used as comparative objects here. They both present the thrill of the nightlife with the pupils representing this. The physiological effects of party drugs and full moon representing the night's potential. I thought he was turning into a werewolf. Yeah, no, I read it as a werewolf thing more than anything. <laughs> like, I, like, I guess, like, full moon pills could be, like, ecstasy or something like that. But, like, your eyes obviously dilate when you change into a werewolf. Well, well now that you bring stupid? it up, what, um, what drugs make your eyes go real big? And what are, like, their pills? Like does ecstasy Acid, do that? Maybe it's not a pill. Not a pill. Yeah, I guess. Does ecstasy do that? I don't know. I've never had ecstasy. Um, Neither have I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, I bring that. I up. have never done that. <laughs> <laughs> I bring that up because um, uh, full moon pills could be like um, you take the pills and your eyes go big as the full moon that also yeah 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 so maybe I don't think less it has of a... anything to do with the night's potential but i do think it's or a werewolves <laughs> listen werewolves is funny but i don't werewolves think it's funny but yeah, i don't yeah, think it has anything to do likely. with that um and then i love that the chorus is one line yeah that's like one of my favorite parts of this song it's so crazy uh because they do it like later in their discography i mean like the you know, chorus for so much for Stardust is so much for Stardust. I thought we had it all, mm-hmm. and that's that's it. And it's effective and punchy, and the way that it's sung is you know it's delivered in a very good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and same with this, um, cut it loose. Watch you work the room is the is the chorus lyric, and uh, the genius annotation on it is sometimes the best thing to do at a party or club is people watch. Rather than take an active role in the night, lyricist Pete Wentz is merely observing the object of his affection strut across the room and flirt at her leisure. In other words, she's hot and she knows it. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, and then I love that, 
yeah, I mean, it's it's a very, it, it's a good line. I don't know if it entirely means that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, there, there's kind of like <sighs> a, a melancholic feeling to it, especially with how Definitely. it's delivered. Yeah. Um, like, watch you work the room is kind of saying in like a, a defeatist kind of attitude. Yeah, for sure. It's for like, sure. damn, watching Shorty work the room watching again. Watching Shorty work the room. <laughs> Feeling like shit. Yeah. You know? It definitely gives off that kind of vibe. Yeah, for um, sure. Which is very effective, especially with how the instrumental opens up. Yeah. Um, Hang on, you might I, want to cut this. Okay. I, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, asshole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, motherfucker. All uh, right, dickhead. I suppose so. But, uh... Yeah, th- this this course is fantastic. Banger, banger. Yeah, I honestly like. I can't go back and look at my Fallout Boy deep dive. I don't think because I got fucking banned from Twitter. Oh yeah, that also happened. Uh, oh yeah, while we were gone from Twitter. If you've Free been, boy. you've been listening to the past like four or five episodes, and you get to the part where I roll out the red carpet and the part where I say the the Bummer Hill Twitter sounds yeah. really fucking weird. It's because I had to overdub all of those with the, the that's actual so funny. Twitter. With the yeah, no, one. I heard you do it on one, and I was like, that's funny. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's because I got banned for, uh, the, do you want to know what the tweet was? What was it again? It was, um, Red Catcher in the Rye and got the overwhelming desire to kill Ron DeSantis. That's so sick. And it was months old, and they're like, hey, you're inciting violent speech. And I'm like, Fed's I'm not going to actually sweet, fucking kill Ron DeSantis. I want to, but I'm not going to yeah. do it. Yeah. And I have never done ecstasy. <laughs> uh, yeah, Feds did a sweep, man. Yeah, uh, they've been getting a lot of people for months old tweets. Yeah, yeah, they got they got my boy Hansel. Yeah, uh, I saw free free, free Gretel MP3. Free Hansel. They banned um, fucking Ogbert the nerd a second time. Oh no! Although I think Madison was telling people to kill themselves again, which is always really funny when they do that. Yeah. Yeah, Madison Madison pops off every now and then and it yeah. is crazy. It's never not justified. Like every time they're like you should kill yourself, it's like the worst oh, person cool. imaginable yeah, that yeah, they're saying sure. it to. But yeah. like <laughs> they got to stop doing that. They got to chill. If they want to keep a if Twitter account. If they want to keep a Twitter account, yeah, they got to chill out. But it is awesome. <laughs> uh, it is really funny every single time. Uh and then uh second verse also like banger. Mm-hmm. Uh I think the last few episodes, one of the trends of like the last few episodes having like such good songs, like being such good songs is like the lyrics aren't a book, mm-hmm. even though I do love when P. Wentz goes there and shows that he can like, you know, pop off like that and stuff like that. And, you know, write these like double metaphors and insane shit kind of like in um like from now on, we are enemies have a lot has a lot of that. Like mm-hmm. so does Alpha Dog. Um and I like when he can do that, but like I think what makes what again makes this so song so such a good song. What makes this so makes song? It, what makes this so song? This is so song. This is so song right now. Uh I think that what makes this such a good song is how few lyrics there are. Yeah. There's two verses. The bridge are, is the same lyrics as the first verse. And the chorus is uh so short. Mm-hmm. It's one line yeah. four times. Yeah. And uh it's it's great. Uh the second verse though, 
which is kind of the last lyrics that we'll talk about. Uh, oh, put love on hold, young Ho- Oh, put love on hold, young Hollywood is on the other line. Um. Uh. And uh, it's just like this annotation that another Fall Out Boy trope, the dichotomy of love versus lust. This girl has no time for a serious relationship because she's pursuing her career in Hollywood. <laughs> of course, as most people know, in order to make it in Tinseltown, some favors must be exchanged. What are you t- <laughs> What the fuck is this person Yeah, I don't know about? what if this is a shit post. You know, I love you. Every time you go to Hollywood, you always got to suck a dick for for something. Whose dick do I gotta suck to suck a dick in Hollywood? Come on. Come on. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that one. Um, I I was kind of agreeing with it up until that last part. Um, I don't think the line is about having to give head to get rolls. That would be crazy. Um, and then, uh, I, I will say that the next line kind of adds on to it as uh, her nose runs ruby red deaths in a double bed cocaine cocaine uh yeah p once was doing cocaine at this time uh yeah. between this and 20 dollar nosebleed and some other stuff uh <laughs> p once will be doing coke and writing about it and having sex with whoa what um, no way i can't listen to this band anymore uh, no before and then, marriage come on this genius annotation this is the first time i've ever seen this it says proposed suggestion Deaths in a double bed refers to the French phrase la petite morte, literally translated to little death, which is a euphemism for orgasm, orgasm, orgasm. He is describing sex in a bed for two, possibly an affair. Um, Deaths in a double bed is is a, that's honestly a good way to describe busting a nut. I I don't think I'd fully disagree with that, honestly. Like that's... um, that's not a bad read of that line. Yeah. Um, like it, cause it also, uh, puts it, it adds to the previous line of just like, um, uh, having casual sex and not yeah. prioritizing a relationship. Um, yeah. Then you do drugs and have sex and with some random person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next line singing songs that could only catch the ear of the desperate, like, uh, basically just putting yourself out there in, in the most uh, obvious of terms, like, I'm here to fuck or whatever, and, like, not really having any That should be the line. It, which... <laughs> it should be, the line should be, her nose runs ruby red, death's in a double bed, I'm here to fuck. <laughs> I'm here to fuck. Which, no, absolutely no shade at all if, if yeah. you be living that life. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Shout out having a hoe phase. Yeah. Never again for me, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Genie Sanitation. Fallout Boy songs generally attract people feeling some strong emotions because they are relatable, especially to those who are depressed or just going through a rough time. These people might be desperate for something to relate to, to prove they aren't alone, and Fallout Boy is just the thing. I don't think that that's what it's about, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's about serenading a girl to have sex with her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is what I read. That is nothing else. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, it definitely has a lot to do with the immediate verse rather than like the mythos of the band. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, overall, banger fucking lyrics, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Hardly uh, know her, first off. Hardly know her lyrics, yeah. Uh, yeah, this song's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, like, if they were to have a, like, like to have a a greatest like moments compilation of some sort where like you know like this is the rock and roll hall and fame induction song yeah i know that sounds ridiculous because they have so much more bigger songs than this but like i i feel like this one deserves to be some like if this was a physical object it deserves to be behind a pane of glass i think this is a masterpiece it's so good um and uh, let's see what Reddit has to say, because uh, this is the first time I haven't I, I haven't felt the toxic positivity. Um, Would you believe me if I told you they like this song? Uh, well, they actually do, but um, uh, yeah, there's like this post that is uh, the intro of the Afterlife of the Party song discussion. I know this might be dumb, a dumb question, but what did FOB use to make the intro intro of the afterlife of the party? Like before the I'm a stitch away. And, uh, <laughs> some, like, uh, like, it's a lot of, like, snarky answers. It's like, hmm. I'm not completely sure, but my guess is a violin doing a long sustained note in the background with other violins doing pizzicato notes on top and then sample drums. <laughs> It's the first answer, which is pretty funny. Um, and, uh, like, uh, people are like, it's the most unique song, but they're not super hot on it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, uh, one of the posts that I thought was funny was, uh, someone just being like, what's Patrick singing in the chorus of the afterlife of the party? I'm hearing two different lyrics and getting them from two different sources. Genius says, Cut it loose, watch you work the room. Well, the lyrics that I found say, could it last, watch you work the room. So where I think you... <laughs> this person just wants it to be a different lyric. <laughs> I don't know where on earth they would have found that. Yeah, I think it's definitely cut it loose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there's somebody uh, like... There's somebody who, like, thinks this is their worst song because of the string intro. I did see that. Mm. Um, I'm not going to call them out because uh, they're wrong. Um, I'm not going to, like, throw that. You uh, are wrong, but, um, yeah, you know, it's all, it's all love, I guess. Uh, I've never, I don't think I've ever said it's all love before, and I don't think I'm ever going to say it again. This has nothing to do with the song, but, uh, no, I think you should. I think you should also say one love. Uh, this has nothing to do with the song, but there's a post that says, uh, uh, that is by Daedric Wraith, which, uh, I'm so sorry, buddy, that you felt this way 23 days ago. It says, why has listening to the boys become a running joke to everyone in my life? I just get casually made fun of a lot out of nowhere for liking Fallout Boy by my wife and all of our friends. Damn. I try to act like it doesn't bother me, but to be honest, it hurts me that all these songs I've laughed, cried, and lived to are something to be made fun of. I don't even try to get anyone to listen to them, and I try not to play them out loud when other people can hear. I just wish one of them would give it an honest chance and at least not mock me for what I enjoy. Uh, I don't know. This is a stupid rant. I'll probably delete. I'm just wondering if anyone has similar experience. 
I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that. That sucks. You have um, a home here with the podcast. Yeah, it's. Uh, Hang on, let me let me reply to them. Actually, let's <laughs> let's. Are you gonna plug the podcast? Hey, into this emotional. Rant? This is one of the hosts. No, I'm not gonna do Don't that. Don't do that. Yeah, I am good. Uh, yes, discard um, comment. But um, yeah, yeah. I feel like the the recent we didn't start the fire thing does not help with that. Um. What I've found, uh, if somebody is like making fun of your your music taste, uh, outside of just being honest with them and being like, "Hey, don't do that. It hurts." Smile or frown. Um, you, uh, you know, some people like if you want them to give it an honest chance, uh, then. Hiding it is probably not the best way to go about it. Yeah. Which, yeah. like, I get why you would, because it's like, they're yeah. making fun of me, and it it sucks, but... Yeah. Who knows? Maybe you'll be playing one, and they won't re- realize it's a Fallout Boy song, and they'll be like, what's this? It's PogChamp. And then yeah. you're like, Fallout Boy, motherfucker. Bitch. I'll kill you for I all those times you made fun of me. I have a toxic resolution, which is, you could kill them. Oh, uh, no! I that mean, works too. You could also make fun of them for <laughs> uh, their music taste. Uh, you know, so dog just stabbed me in the side. That bitch, Sadie, don't stab me. Do you have anything to say, Sadie? <laughs> I don't know if that picked up. Um. Yeah, I mean. Uh, let's uh, yeah. I mean, what are what are we at? What are we sitting at time wise? Uh, hour twelve. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, I think we've I think we've discussed the song enough. You want to? We've been talking about it for like forty minutes. Yeah, you want to rate it and yeah. So maybe the podcast isn't a bunch of random <laughs> shit and then song good. Motherfucker, you stupid asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Who said it? Who said it in the Discord? <laughs> I don't remember. Who said it? <laughs> Who fucking did that? I'll kill you. Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Uh. Let's rate this this gosh darn thing. This gosh um, darn thing. Yeah. I'm gonna give it an eight. I'm gonna give it a nine. Uh, the one bump I have against it, which we didn't really talk about is uh the strings feel a little plasticky hmm. uh it feels like a like a, a sample that would come along on a fisher price keyboard um <laughs> i still like it like yeah. don't get me wrong and it, like it's still very creative and i think what it's doing it's accomplishing what it's trying to do mm-hmm. um but yeah i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty mediocre on the uh the, the way sound it sounds it. in general yeah yeah, yeah. So, uh, nine. But, yeah. You're just giving a general eight. You don't have a knock at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I like that you can do that because I have to, I feel the need to justify why it's not the greatest song of all time. You know what I mean? I just lay my meat on the table with the score. I love that. I love that. You love it I don't when have I lay my meat on the table? Of. My, my meat shrivels up when I try and <laughs> voice my opinion. <laughs> it says, no. You slap it on the table and it bounces no! back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it retreats in like a turtle shell. God. Um, all right. So let's spin this damn wheel. This gosh. Get the damn hell out of here. Wheel. 
Um, but before we do that, but before we do that, thank you so much for listening. If you're still listening, if you're not, fuck you. No. Um, follow Carson and I's bands at uh, at the Callous Cowboys on Instagram, at Callous Cowboys on Twitter, at Bummer Hill ATL on no Bummer Hill emo on Twitter. Bummer Hill emo at Bummer Hill emo on Twitter at Bummer Hill on Instagram. Follow the podcast at the Dreaded Wheel on Twitter. Uh, Patreon will be up when this episode is up. So subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, we're putting a tour recap episode on there. Ooh. Um, we both have not listened to a terrible amount of new music since both yeah. being on tour. So yeah, made you um, listen to the... Haven't gotten the chance to get to the next Made You Listen, but that'll be coming up soon after. Soon. Um, but if you want to hear about how tour went for both of us, uh, it'll be on the Patreon. Um, and let's spin this gosh damn ass wheel. It's going. It's going. And hum hallelujah. Hum hallelujah. All right. Okay. Still in the still in the still sitting the in funny world of infinity, of on, infinity high. on high. I love that song. I'm very excited to talk about it. Hell yeah. Um, All right. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.